Welcome to another episode of PNCC Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel, a retired KMOX news anchor, joined, as always, by the mastermind, Michael Scully, regional president of PNC. Michael, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for that introduction. Good to see you again. Thank you very much. How was the balloon race? Uh, the balloon race was amazing. It was a perfect day. Uh, very little wind, though, so the balloon just went straight up, basically. I was thinking of you that day because PNC is a major sponsor of the Great Forest Park Balloon Race. And uh, I went out that afternoon and I realized there's no wind. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> some, day, some weeks or some years, some you're, years. you're uh, way too much wind and other years yes. not enough wind. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much as uh, from a community member to a civically engaged organization for sponsoring such a longtime treasure as the Forest Park Balloon yeah, Race. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Absolutely one of our favorites. It's the kind of our gift to the community because it makes it free for everybody. Here's another gift to the community is this podcast, is PNCC Speak the Language of Executives. We like to bring you guests, and by we, I mean Michael. <laughs> we, we like to find guests who can speak to you, speak to you as an executive, speak to you even in HR, speak to you on all those levels of what it takes to run a successful, thriving business in the St. Louis region, what's happening right now in the region. And so we hope through the podcast that you're inspired to know that you can do it, learn some tips and facts of how to even do it better. Our guest today is Michael Eaton. He's the executive director of the Missouri Association of Manufacturers. Michael, welcome to PNCC Speak. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So uh, there are lots of associations in the world. Oh my gosh, yes. What does this one do? So um, it, we live our, our name, okay? So yes. the Missouri Association of Manufacturers, our goal is, is to support manufacturing in the state of Missouri and bring value to those manufacturers. And that looks differently to each manufacturer. But um, we're, we're in it to better understand what each manufacturer's needs are and how to help them. Member-based organization, how many members do you have right now? We have right at 210. You, typical industry associations average between two and 300 members. So, Michael, uh, in your role, you, your organization recently commissioned a report on the state of manufacturing in Missouri. And in that report, you identified three specific challenges really across the board manufacturers are facing. Uh, these are not new to people, but they're workforce, supply chain, and industry resources. Uh, how do we overcome these persistent issues? So there's no single answer or solution to, to that question and certainly a broad question. And when I talked about the association bringing value, that's Part of that value component, we we look to be a resource for those manufacturers because right now those have been stretched given supply chain issues, a lot of a lot of tribal knowledge in this in the manufacturing industry leaving uh, their jobs, and um, so we are trying to be an extension of those operations as an association. Workforce, hey, we we've known. That's there. It's been there for a long time. COVID certainly exasperated that that issue and brought light to it. People got used to being at home and uh, trying to get folks back to the working um, roles is has been a challenge, I, I believe. So, um, and then supply chain. Well, that that is what it is. Um, again, when we uh, put a lot of uh, responsibility outside of our control, 
outside of our own country or borders, whatever, then we become vulnerable. And the environment has certainly um, shined a spotlight on those vulnerabilities. Michael pointed out to me one of these statistics, um, and I think it came out of the study that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and there's two Michaels, Michael Scully, <laughs> that Missouri manufacturers are operating, report that they're operating at just, Michael, it was 73% capacity. Yeah, it's it, it's astounding when you're running your plants at 73% of capacity, and that's due to workforce shortages, not necessarily supply, but workforce people. And so my question to that is, well, first of all, acknowledge that shocking number, but also is this unique to Missouri or other states having these issues? Is it a state of manufacturing as a career choice? Where do you put the uh, the focus here? So um, what we've discovered certainly is if it exists here in Missouri, it exists nationwide. So um, state of Missouri has 6,400 manufacturers um, in, in the state, 75 to 80% of those manufacturers are 25 employees or less. That's the stat that always gets the raised eyebrow. Oh, I had no idea. That's not a Missouri stat. I mean, it is, but it's also a national stat. So um, now you take those workforce issues and that's across the board. So it, it, workforce issues don't know state lines or, or borders. Okay, so I've got a multi-level question here. Given this, and are is, is that a shot? That's shocking to us. But is seventy-three percent capacity? I can't imagine any um, owner, CEO, uh, executive being okay with that stat. It's it it's scary in a company where you're trying to run a capacity and make it make good margins, right? And when you have a stat like that, well, that's low-hanging fruit. We got to fix that one. So. I mean, everybody wants to be at 100 percent, right? But are we? Are we? I, I can't imagine that we're always at 100 percent. No, and and I would say that it very rarely is someone truly at 100 percent because you got R and D components where they're testing things out, um, process improvement stuff like that. But you certainly want to be at 95 percent at, at the very least. So yeah, it's a very alarming stat. That said. That kind of a stat does drive Industry 4.0 to catch up to the Midwest. What do you mean by Industry 4.0? Uh, the, the automation, robotics, uh, mm-hmm. advanced manufacturing, um, lean practices. Um, gone are the days of um, of that owner manufacturer sitting behind a desk saying, I give my paycheck at the end of the week. What else do they want? Um, now it's, it's a lot more um, focus on culture, development, growth. I don't want to say hand-holding. Um, I heard a headline that, uh, good news, Gen Zers aren't, don't feel as entitled, but they still need a hug. Um, <laughs> hugs and manufacturing typically don't go... Don't, don't go hand in hand. They don't. <laughs> they don't. That said, I, I think uh, those um, owners and CEOs of the manufacturing operations that get that mm-hmm. thrive. And they'll they'll ride this out so much easier. So if the bottleneck is really workforce, you know, I can think of all the chamber meetings and you know meetings with our governor and others we've we've had over the the last uh, years and and months even. We talk about workforce development, but it's so often focused about 
appealing to these younger people before they just make a decision on college. But it's always about going into the building trades. I don't hear about it going into like a core manufacturing trade. So I'm curious, are you getting the word out about some of these amazing jobs in manufacturing? It's not just the building trades. It's not just college bound, but there's a lot of great career opportunities within manufacturing. Absolutely. And it's a a little bit disappointing to hear you say that, that you're not hearing about that in manufacturing. Um, And I guess it's like anything we could always stand to um, have stronger brand awareness. Um, The bottom line is manufacturing is not that image that we have from the days. It's most operations aren't that dirty, dark, and dangerous environment. Um, And we've seen great strides in that because of the workforce shortage. We, they, they know they got to clean those windows. They got to change the lights, uh, go to led. They got to brighten that shop up to throw some paint on the wall, whatever. Um, so it's a, it's disappointing, I guess, that, that people don't know that as manufacturers, we know that that is a challenge that we have to overcome in rebranding manufacturing as simple as that. So I get on a call with other manufacturing associations in the Midwest and their executive directors, and they will pound that message. We have got to rebrand manufacturing. And the problem is, is nobody's really been doing that. So um, Mm. we, we gotta, we gotta get better at shining the light on what does that operation look like? And who are those individuals who are working those, um, those jobs in those positions? Because let's go to the core of human nature. We all love to make things, you know, mm, something right. you can hold, touch, feel, see. Um, that's what manufacturers do. So how do we um, get into the minds of the middle school, not, not just the student, but the parents of the students? So we're starting to see uh, some initiatives, and certainly the association is driving some of these initiatives where we can get um, middle school and high school students inside manufacturing and get their parents to see that as well. So we're looking at programs around externships for high school and middle school teachers and counselors during the summer where we can get them into different manufacturing facilities for a week. Well, as a parent of a Gen Zer, uh, I'm so intrigued by this conversation on many levels. Sure, uh, certainly on many levels. And so we're going to take a break because we have to, and then come back and talk more about rebranding. Um, and, and there are some who are excelling. Who are they, and how are they doing it? Our guest is Michael Eden, Executive Director of the Missouri Association of Manufacturers. This is PNCC Speak, the language of executives. We'll be back with more on KMOX. Do you need a hug? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Welcome back to PNCC Speak. We've already learned so much from our guest, Michael Eaton, Executive Director of the Missouri Association of Manufacturers. I'm Carol Daniel, and he is Michael Scully, Regional President of PNC. And uh, Michael, Michael said that this workforce shortage, one of the challenges is um, dealing with Gen Zers and talking to middle schoolers and, uh, and some of them need a hug. And that's, does, does it always fit on the, on, the, on the factory floor? I don't know. Well, I think what you have to look at is perceptions. I mm-hmm. think people have these perceptions of what a factory floor looks like. I am a nerdy cult fan of the movie or the uh, cable show, How It's Made. I don't oh, think yes. I've missed an episode. And it's fascinating to watch how everyday products you see are manufactured from start to finish. And 
we're not talking about our fathers and grandfathers' generation where there's dirty soot floors and it's smoky and dangerous. What we're talking about is glistening floors and computers and robots everywhere. And these robots and computers take advanced training to operate them. So that's different. So I'm curious, Michael, talk about the, this perception of manufacturing when you're in those middle school uh, uh, classes trying to get people interested versus what they may be thinking. Sure. Um, and, and we all know that image um, of, of that manufacturer, you know, the dark, dirty, and dangerous, as I mentioned earlier. It was a, certainly eye-opening for me to, as I said, be in 170 manufacturers around the state. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's certainly some of those operations that are um, a little bit dirty just by nature of what they're, they're making. But um, the dark and dangerous, um, there is a truly overwhelming concerted effort in cleaning up that image of that. I've been in some operations that's just like, oh, my gosh, do you have these floors scrubbed every morning or, or what's that? And, no, that's that's part of the, the lean journey, uh, keep it clean, and, and quite frankly, pride. So I have never in in any industry that I've been and had the opportunity to work in or, or experience, I have never experienced the pride and the passion that's at the core of manufacturing. And it's just amazing. So. You mentioned um, earlier that there's a need to rebrand mm -hmm. and that directly ties to uh, the workforce shortage because we've got to attract the younger worker who right now is in middle school. And how do we break through TikTok and Instagram and, you know, all of that to get even get their attention in the first place that this is uh, a possible goal for them? Where do you stand on on working on the rebranding? And is the, is the association leading that? So I'm always careful to say leading because it, it's imperative that there be a collaborative mm -hmm. effort um, by by all and. That's what I love about St. Louis, first of all. Oh, my gosh, when uh, I've reached out to other organizations and I get the folded arms and the raised eyebrow, and you stay in your lane and we'll stay in ours. St. Louis has been so welcoming to a collaborative and working together and supporting each other in manufacturing. And That's, we've got to stop and say this, because the story we tell ourselves is that we are not collaborative is that we are in silos and that we don't work together. You are telling us the very opposite is true. When it comes to manufacturing, absolutely, absolutely true. Um, and and here's my experience. Day three on the job, I had a company out of Joplin, huge company, um, call and say, hey, look, we want to do some benchmarking. We've got some quality assurance challenges. Is there a manufacturer out there that you're aware of that kind of has this kind of down, you know, and they know what they're doing when it comes to uh, their processes and lean journey. Um, I called this company here in St. Louis. They said, absolutely, we can help them. Three days later, three of them hopped in their car, drove to Joplin, Missouri, and met with them all day long. And then the next week, 10 of them hopped in a van, drove to St. Louis. They were welcome with open arms. These two companies will never do business with each other, but they support each other for the sake of manufacturing. So when, and this is what drives me crazy with um, other companies, businesses, corporate businesses who are trying to play a role for and provide a service for manufacturers. 
marketing 101, know your audience. So um, take off that tie, take off that coat, and uh, put on some steel toe boots when you go meet with them. Meet them where they're at, and sometimes that's uncomfortable. And hey, I'm guilty of it too. My first plant tour I went on, I showed up in a coat and and uh, slacks, and and I was greeted with, "We're going to mess you up, <laughs> flat out." Um, so so we put those away, and and our standard garb is uh, is jeans and steel toe boots. So what 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 is the message to middle schoolers, and then as yeah. you mentioned, more importantly, their parents? Sure is um, manufacturing built this country, flat out. I mean, look around you. Wherever your audience is sitting right now, just look around. Everything you see, literally everything you see was manufactured. It was created. It was, it's tangible. It, it is contributing to the good of this country, of the state, of, of the company they work for. So there's a huge, huge pride component there. Um, and there should be. They're creators. They're imagination incredible. Uh, just the most creative people I've met. Michael, I love that story. And, and maybe indeed it is a pride component that would cause a manufacturer to get in their car and go help another one with nothing to gain for themselves. So take that a step further, if you would. Um, I have been involved with Greater St. Louis Inc. here for a number of years and recently we've celebrated these transformative wins. And these are things that you'd look at one of these each decade you'd be thrilled with, but we have the, the billion dollar GM expansion, the Boeing investment that's recently been announced that's gonna be closer to two billion, mm-hmm. American Foods Plan, ICL, the battery component plant. So I'm curious about the collaboration. So you're talking about you representing the Association of Manufacturers, but you also got GSL in there. Um, stir in the mix and you have the state of Missouri and our, our leaders that want this all to happen within our borders. How does that all, that collaboration work? So, um, you start off with getting everyone at all the right people at the table and make sure they're all at the table. We got a, a great governor, Lieutenant governor who supports and understands and comes from salt of the earth, manufacturing, agriculture, farming, um, those are all the same characteristics. Um, so I love what's coming out of our capital when it comes to that. A lot of our legislators need to better understand the industry statistics as, round, as far as what is the majority of manufacturing, what does that look like? Uh, so I encourage the legislators to please, 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 when you're, you're at home in your districts, visit manufacturing operations so that you can see the faces of the people that are doing are doing this work. Um, the expansions are incredible. You got Missouri Partnership based out of here in St. Louis who, who does a fantastic job of promoting the state of Missouri for uh, growth to draw new industry. Uh, certainly manufacturing has seen a, a large um, large wins as you as you put it over the last uh, few years. And that's just fantastic. And that does not happen without collaboration. So we have to take a break. But when we come back, we've got to talk about what we're not doing right. You know, where, where we are falling short, because that we can find some growth in answering those questions as well, for sure. Okay. We'll take a break and come back with more PNCC speak, the language of executives on KMOX.